I'm Kevin, and this is Jean-Luc and Me, Episode 1. I've written my next poem in honor of my cat. I call it Ode to Spot. Felis catus is your taxonomic nomenclature, an endothermic quadruped carnivorous by nature. Your visual, olfactory, and auditory senses contribute to your hunting skill and natural defenses. I find myself intrigued by your subvocal oscillations, a singular development of cat communications that obviates your basic hedonistic predilection for a rhythmic stroking of your fur to demonstrate affection. A tail is quite essential for your acrobatic talents. You would not be so agile if you lacked its counterbalance. And when not being utilized to aid in locomotion, it often serves to illustrate the of your emotion. The complex levels of behavior you display connote a fairly well-developed cognitive array, and though you are not sentient and do not comprehend, I nonetheless consider you a true and valued friend. Today's episode, Encounter at Farpoint. Oh, good for you! And how was it? Oh, my fucking God. Oh... Um, that was a slog. That was such a slog. Uh, the first... Oh, boy. The first half hour was... So useless. So meaningless. So pointless. We were a half hour in before we even saw uh, the station on Farpoint. And then... The mystery didn't get properly introduced until like 45 minutes in. We were easily halfway through before we started knowing anything about the characters, understanding why we were supposed to care about them at all. The show was very interested in creating these ooh-ah moments and sustaining them over far too long a period of time. And basically none of them were necessary. Uh it was cheesy, but, you know, that's just what it is. Like, I'm, I'm fine with that. Uh, data was all wrong. That's just pilot syndrome. I do realize that. But he was at once too robotic and too emotionally human. He was smirking all the time. He's getting a little righteous at one point. Ah. Uh, good lord. <laughs> John Delancey's Q wasn't even fun. Usually, any episode of Star Trek John Delancey shows up in, you're like, oh, at least Q will be fun. He wasn't fun. Ugh. And they didn't establish well enough the difference between the Bendy cities, the old Bendy cities, and the quote-unquote station which was, uh, like, on a planet, so I don't know how that's a space station, but geographically, it was not established well enough, the difference between the two, and, for instance, where Zorn's office was. That could have been gotten across much better to the audience, and it would have helped with the climax. I like DeForest Kelly as much as the next guy, but his cameo as Bones, as McCoy, was just so wanky. It was so... Oh, just a, like a nod to the fans, a passing of the torch. The actual story 
did not require it in any way. It came from nowhere. It went nowhere. These, this, the saucer sections, the the chase, there's all of it was so crazy unnecessary. It was such a slog. And I don't know why everything was so stretched out. Only about half of it needed to happen. Only about half of it I needed to see. There was precious little in the way of developing actual characters. There was a lot of setup. A lot of very obvious exposition. They were much more interested in establishing the way that the ship worked, the way that the sort of reality of the show, the kayfabe, if you will, worked, than they were in setting up the characters, the relationships between the characters. There was some of that, but there was not enough. And even when they were in mission mode, even when it was plot time, the characters were especially clipped, especially flat, militaristic. They spoke in these, these very short, practical, almost cursory sentences very consistently. The officers would start sentences with recommend we blah 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 it was all so unnatural you didn't believe that these were people saying these things you didn't believe that these were people interacting with other people and at its best star trek's work because of the interplay between the characters even star trek 66 is mostly remembered for the way the triumvirate interacted with each other uh, kirk and, and Spock and Bones, and they were they were very well defined, what they stood for, how they thought, even in the very early episodes, and oh, we were I think twenty minutes in before we got any amount of information on any character, and it was Tasha Yar saying that she grew up being fucked over by somebody who wasn't the Federation, and that was it. We didn't get any more on that. We got one little bit from Worf about being a Klingon. Uh, I could tell that you're a Klingon, bruh. I've seen the movies. They had ridges in the movies, okay? I know you're a Klingon. You don't have to say that. And if you want to tell me something about yourself, you should say more than that. Uh, once we had finally been introduced to the mystery of Farpoint, we then took a, I don't know, a 15-20 minute break from the mystery and didn't even see anything about it again. We were just on the ship dealing with bones and dealing with holodecks and dealing with Riker not liking Jean-Luc at first, perhaps. And I like the character stuff, but it's quite strange to a half hour in finally introduce the mystery and then make us wait another 15 minutes to even pick it back up 
This was paced very badly. It was incredibly slow and inconsistent and largely empty for something as long as it was. On the Earl Grey scale, I'm gonna have to give this a cold. Say something nice! Patrick Stewart can act his fucking ass off. Uh, Johnny Frakes, as Commander Riker, has a pretty enjoyable swagger about him. Uh, their interactions were very enjoyable. I thought the stuff regarding uh, Picard and the way he interacts with kids and his just sort of general sort of gruffness, his coldness, was interesting, uh, well done, well handled. Uh, and because of that, uh, he and uh, Gates McFadden as Crusher had some of the better interactions in the show. I feel like in earlier drafts, they were planning on slow playing the fact that Picard was Wesley's father and that Beverly had cheated on Wesley's dad with his best friend or commanding officer, whatever that was. That obviously is not the case in the actual canon. And I think that it had been mostly scrubbed from this episode by the time it went to shoot. Uh, or at least to be edited. I don't know. But it, it seems like there's just little bits of that there. That to me is more interesting uh, than anything in the actual episode. I also liked how they seeded the Ferengi in the very first episode. I like that sort of long-term uh, planning, that sort of foreshadowing. It's good stuff. And, of course, the idea of defending humanity's righteousness to some sort of ultra-powerful, almost godlike being is very Star Trek. I, I do appreciate that they know what they are, and they know what they're doing and what they're not doing. And they went for the most Star Trek thing they possibly could right out of the gate. Somebody needs to get on top of the situation and fix it! So here's what you do, alright? As stated, it's a slog, it's too long, it doesn't need to be double length. It just doesn't. Make it 42 minutes. Maybe you can get special dispensation from the network to have like a 48 minuter or a 50 minuter or something, but it really does not need to go past that first hour mark at all. Uh, and in order to accomplish that, you need to cut down on or get rid of most of the ooh-ah moments. You don't need the chase at the beginning. You don't need the saucer separation. You don't need the part where Riker drives it back onto the saucer. In addition to cutting down on the unnecessary ooh-ah set pieces, you would have to, and I know this is sad, I know everyone's going to be mad at me because it's a big moment in the series and they bring it back around in the finale and everything. You don't need the trial. You don't need the trial. The chase and the trial gets you 30 minutes into the episode. That's almost the full length of a normal episode. That's crazy unnecessary. So the way I would replace it is that I would have Q be posing 
as a member of the crew, sort of in the Torres uh, Colmini spot on Khan next to Data or whatever, and he would reveal himself to Picard in his ready room or something and do the whole speech and show his snapping powers and be funny. I would make him funny like he becomes later. And the whole thing would be that he'd always be there in the background. And Picard would know what was going on, but Q would have made it very clear that if he said anything to his crew, it would uh, throw off the results of this test he's putting them under. And then at the end, when he shows up in the uniform trying to mess things up, that's when he would reveal himself to the full crew. And that would give you uh, attention the whole time of knowing that this super powerful being is just standing in the corner all the time, just watching, ready to do something. And the sort of, you would put yourself in Jean-Luc's shoes, and it would be really awkward to have him have to keep it from the crew. That would be fun. It could add to the tension between him and Riker. Uh, and then you would just start the Farpoint mystery essentially right away. You would maybe even start it first. Maybe you do a cold open before the credits. You would start up the Farpoint mystery, and before you cut to credits, you would surprise the audience with Q, revealing himself secretly to Jean-Luc, but you wouldn't know the deal yet. You'd be like, oh, what's this dude snapping bright powers, bright lights? What the fuck? And then when you'd come back, you'd have that scene. And then the whole rest of the episode could be uh, the, the tension as stated with the secret cue on board, the Farpoint mystery, and sprinkled evenly throughout a bunch of good character establishment moments. It seemed largely unnecessary to have Jordy joining the crew I guess I would have him already on board. Uh, otherwise, it's actually a decent story. The story points of the godlike being testing you and the Farpoint Station being a space jellyfish, that's fine. It just needs to be quicker. It needs to be uh, snappier. The people need to act more like people and we need to know who they are and care. And that's basically all fixed by making it 42 minutes. Add in the bit about Undercover Q, and it practically fixes itself. I was going to turn right around from this and watch the second episode, but Jesus Christ, that was so long. That was, I was starting to fall asleep by the end of it. I really... This was not a strong start. Uh, before I get too far into the series, I would like to thank Dan Bull for the use of his Data Raps uh, remix. I didn't ask him if I could use it, but he doesn't own a Dr. Dre beat and Brent Spiner's Data Dialogue, so fuck him. And I will see you next time.